0: Hey folks, Saturday morning, just finished working out. You know what time it is, time for my Saturday morning rant. I'm not as angry as I usually am on Saturday. I don't know why, maybe I just had a great workout. Um, So if this rant sounds less ranty, is that a word? Just humor me. Part of me wanted to get on here and talk about this white dude who I gave a bunch of money to when I started a nonprofit. And the day I told him I was no longer giving him money we sat down at a table together and he threatened the shit out of me and i got it all on tape i just don't know how to take that audio tape and splice it so that you guys can hear the most important parts you won't want to listen to the whole meeting it was an hour long but part of me is dying to play that tape because while it was seven or eight years ago and he did a good job of setting me up afterwards um the truth is you know out of context you won't be able to understand what's going on but there's some really good moments in it where you hear this white man who's building his own nonprofit really threaten me as a black leader and say, if you don't give me money and if you don't allow me to benefit off your intellectual property, I'm going to take you down. And and next time I talk about it or whenever I figure out how to splice this goddamn audio tape, um, we'll talk about it in detail. Him and his, his wife, his wife, who he doesn't tell people is his wife. They both run organizations. They both raise millions of dollars. They both pimp out black people. Um, They have deep relationships with foundations. She admits that she got all of her intellectual property from black men in Chicago years ago. He is just an angry white man who comes from, I don't know, middle America, the Midwest, um, or somewhere on the West Coast. And he sort of uses the fact that his family comes from poverty and alcoholism to justify his role in the nonprofit space, but he's a poverty pimp. And, you know, I really don't like to mention people because I don't do the cancel culture thing, but but the concept and, and what we went through and what I went through and what this white man did um, is not that much different than what many black leaders face in the criminal justice uh, reform space in particular, but at nonprofits writ large, and I just got to figure out how to splice this goddamn audio tape, so you don't have to listen to the whole thing. I'd, you know, if you can, if you want to listen to the whole thing, I'll definitely include include a link so you can listen to the whole thing. But at first, I want you to hear the moments where him and his uh, black co-founder, who I didn't really know until he had a problem with me, and then suddenly he had a black co-founder, um, really like tell me and threaten me, and you know, I had my staff with me, and anyway, it's a long story. But that's not what I want to rant about today, actually. I want to rant about today something that's going to probably get me in trouble, which is unionization at nonprofits. This is the part where I'm supposed to say I'm not anti-union. I'm not anti-union. Actually, I I was in a union as a young person when I worked for a food service company at the Javits Convention Center. I have a brother who's in a union. I get that when you work uh, for an employer and they're paying shitty wages, you get together. You try to guarantee health benefits. Many employers are going to try to squeeze every penny out of uh, profit and so on. I get that. I want to talk about unionization at nonprofits though. So, you got you build a nonprofit or a nonprofit has been around for decades, it does organizing work um during the George Floyd moment and moments before that where it was time for the changing of the guards, mostly white women who ran these nonprofits were being pushed out. Uh DEI was like the new thing. Um It was time to have black leadership in place. Organizations were going through changes. People were hiring black people and sprinkling them about, you know, so they could check the box. Didn't have to be black people who knew how to do the job, just like I got black people on staff. Foundations rightfully were asking about the racial makeup uh, of staff at nonprofits. But unfortunately, the unintended consequences of that was that a lot of people were hired who honestly didn't even know how to do the work that they were doing. So... I'll start out by saying when I built a nonprofit, I paid everyone at least $58,000 per year, at least. So bottom line staff and then on up from there. So I think that the pay was equitable. But if it wasn't, people would come to me and say, hey, I think I need to get paid more. And we'd have a conversation and I'd tell them why I thought that they were right or why I thought they were wrong. As long as they weren't making an argument that was weak, like, hey, these other people make this amount and I make this amount. That can't be the full argument. That can be part of the argument. But if you're not making a case that you bring value to the work I don't want to hear that shit Like I got limited resources For unlimited need And guess what You're not my priority More so Than the people Who I get money To help Like you're not sitting In Rikers In a hot ass cell Fucking dying And getting beat up By correction officers I know you need more money But like We're going to have A conversation about What your value is So what I've been seeing As a consultant To nonprofits Is uh, You'll have like Four or five people On staff They're usually like the organizer type. Um, They're usually like the abolitionist type. They're usually like the super aggressive type. And I don't mean that to disparage all abolitionists. I'm just saying you guys know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, you know what I'm talking about. The people who are fucking over the top, like fucking fringe, like don't give a fuck what it takes. Everybody's the enemy. And so what I see is that those people are so scary to the leadership, but also scary to their colleagues that they convince their colleagues that they should unionize. Except unionization for them means that suddenly the leadership of the nonprofit becomes the enemy. So all the vitriol, all the the venom, you know, all of the sort of acrimonious sort of approaches they could think about that maybe they should be reserving for the people who create policy and practices that they're supposed to be fighting against is suddenly reserved for the leadership of the nonprofit. Now can nonprofit leaders do better? Yeah, they could do better. All human beings can do better. What the fuck? But does that mean that suddenly you're getting paid to literally attack the leadership of your organization for two years until you guys come to some uh, agreement? I've literally worked for nonprofits as a consultant where the leadership agrees that unionization makes sense and says that they support unionization. And then you would think that that makes things easier. The truth is that it doesn't. The truth is that the those five to six fucking people convinced the entire staff that the leadership is the enemy and that we gotta do whatever it takes to like break the leadership and to unionize so that we can all make more money. Except, do you understand how nonprofits work? Like nonprofits work often, whether we like it or not, where you have a charismatic fucking leader that the foundations love, that they give money to, that they then use that money to to, uh, fund staff and do the work and so on. So getting rid of that leader, making that leader the enemy demonizing that leader, number one, will probably diminish the ability of the nonprofit to raise money. And then number two, it's not, it's, it's, you're not selling sneakers. It's not like you get rid of the leader and you're still going to sell a million sneakers. Like you get rid of the leader. That's the person often with the vision, carrying the work, engaging with funders, engaging with with government, spending their political capital to get the work done. And so what do you think is going to happen when you diminish the ability of that leader to lead? What do you think is going to happen when suddenly the person who's raising the money for the organization has little say in dealing with staff members that actually don't want to do their work? I just don't. I don't fucking get it. And, you know, again, this is where I'm supposed to say I'm not against unions. I'm not against unions. But at the same time, let's have an honest motherfucking conversation. Unionization at nonprofits where the point of the unionization is not just to get more money for staff and benefits, but to literally attack the leadership and turn the leadership into enemies. It's just fucking stupid. It's just stupid. It's, and what ends up happening is that literally often the people who are unionizing by the time they get to the finish line realize that they actually have less benefits than they had before that. So how about you just sit the fuck down with the leader... Have a conversation. Explain what the challenges are. Learn a little bit about what it takes to fundraise and how much fucking tap dancing they have to do for foundations. How much fucking ass kissing. How many times they got to walk into elite fucking institutions and not really be themselves so they could raise money so that they could pay your fucking salary. Have a little bit of fucking humility. Have a little bit of fucking, like, I understand or at least I want to understand before you decide that the leader of the nonprofit is the problem. Some leaders are a fucking problem. Most of them are not. That's my advice today. That's my rant. I'm done with this. So I'm going to go on enjoy my weekend. Try not to let anybody steal your fucking rainbow today. I know I'm not going to let anybody steal mine. Peace.